Good morning, and thank you for tuning in and listening to this week's message of hope on KBUR News Radio, 99.3 FM and 14.90 AM from First Christian Church of Burlington, Iowa. Our script reading on this Easter Sunday morning is from the Gospel according to Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told this to all the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. I drive by Perkins Park all the time. I go there whenever I need a different way to go home, and I'm tired of driving by the same roads and houses and streets every single day. I go by there when I'm on the way to pick up our daughter from school. I literally run by there lots of times when I'm out for a run. And I drive by there when I'm out to see our people from the church. And so though I'm so very glad that spring has finally come and has hopefully decided to come and stay, I was thinking this past week about some of the great days that we enjoyed together this past winter. And in going through some old pictures on my phone, I found a whole bunch of photos and videos of days when we took our kids sledding there at Perkins Park. Up and down the hills we would go on lots of cold and snowy afternoons, piling as many of us onto one single sled as we could, sliding down to the very bottom, screaming the whole entire way, and then trudging and walking the way back up, only to do it all again and again and again. Up and down we would go until we could not feel our fingers and toes and it was time to go home. And as I was thinking about sledding over at Perkins Park here in town, I got to thinking about how many people in our community and in the lives around us have been sledding on those hills over the years. It is a yearly ritual of passage here in Burlington, Iowa. Right now, we know that the hills are lovely and green this time of year, but they're rather lonely if you drive by because no one is there. No young kids are screaming as they go sledding down, as they go flying down the hill. No one is having their fair share, enjoying eating freshly fallen snow. No middle-aged dad is trying to pretend that he's still 13 years old and belly flopping down the hill on the top of a sled. 
the hills will have their day again, but right now, they're rather quiet. But if they could speak, I would guess they would tell stories of generations of people coming there in the winter. Moms and dads, whose moms and dads and their moms and dads used to sled on top of those hills when they were kids. Generation upon generation of people who have gone to that park, even people who proclaim to only be spring and summertime people and hate the winter, they say, will swallow their pride to go sledding and feel like a kid again. And as it is in life, as it often happens, when you're caught up in the regular business of life, when you're running from meetings to homes to scouts and dance and, and, and school and to do it all over again the next day, you may drive past that park nearly every single day. You may walk through it, you may, you may run past it, you may stroll right by it. But in the midst of all that life has, you may never stop to think about who has been there before you, what has taken place on those hills. It's only when we stop and reflect and look back do we remember. Only then do we stop and remember. You see, it must have been like that for the women who came to the tomb early on that first Easter morning. By this point in the week, they have been through so much. They were there with Jesus last Sunday when he came riding into Jerusalem on the back of the donkey, with everyone shouting and singing, praising God, because though Jesus has spent his days all up in the small towns and those out-of-the-way places, now today he has come to make a big splash in the big city. It was great, and people were filled with expectation and hope. But in this, we've heard in these past few days that things did not go as they planned. On Thursday, he was betrayed and arrested by the authorities. On Friday, he was put on trial. He was sentenced to die and he was put on a cross. That same crowd that was so excited for him to come, who was singing and shouting Hosanna and Hallelujah, yelled for him to be crucified. And just as fast as the crowd grew and multiplied and loved him, that is how fast they ran away. And so the women who had been in the tomb had been through a lot. It was quite the week for them. But now we've heard the story. Those same women came to the tomb early in the morning and in the way that the gospel writer Luke tells the story, not only is there one angel to greet them, but two. And these two angels proclaim, He is not here. He is risen. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And then the angels say, Don't you remember? Don't you remember all the things that he told you while he was teaching and preaching and healing everyone? Don't you remember how he said that he must be handed over to sinners, crucified, only to rise again on the third day? Don't you remember, the angels say, all those times when he said this was going to happen, when he was so faithful to the calling that God had upon his life, that even when he was killed, he would be raised? Haven't you heard? Don't you remember? The angels say, 
It's like those times that you tell your kids they need to brush their teeth and get their shoes on before getting in the car and heading to the store. You tell them once, you tell them twice, you tell them 500 times that it is time to get ready to go. The train is leaving the station whether you are on it or not. And when the final ultimatum is given that you are leaving the house, your children that you have given birth to and life and food and shelter and everything turn to you and they're like, Mom, Dad, why didn't you just say something? And so you're like, Who are you? Where have you been? Don't you remember all the times that I asked and all the things that I have said? It is like that for the angels speaking to the women. Don't you remember? Where have you been? Didn't you know that Jesus said this was going to be the case? They're not the only ones to forget, of course. Because as soon as they run to tell Peter all they had seen and heard, he forgets too. He is convinced that what these women are saying to him is a bunch of total garbage until he goes and sees the tomb himself. And only then does he remember. He too had been with Jesus since the very beginning, but he needed someone to remind him to say, snap out of it and remember. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes after only that we stop, do we remember how far we have come? Do we notice where God has been moving in our life, not just here and now, but in the generations who came before us? Only then do we stop to remember who Jesus is and what he said and done. You may have heard me mention before, if you've been to worship, that I love to take pictures out of the windows of airplanes. I mean, I'm not very exciting. I mostly stick around here in Des Moines County. And so when I do get to go someplace, even if it's just to go to a meeting, it's always an adventure. And so if you fly more often than me, then maybe you have noticed that on the bigger airplanes now, there are these screens that are on the back of every headrest in the whole entire plane. Not just first class, but even those of us who sit back and coach. Because, right, we need more screens and more technology in our life. And so now they're sitting right in front of us, staring at us throughout the whole flight. And so on these cool little televisions, you can watch movies, you can watch television shows, there are games, there are all kinds of things on these cool devices to pass the time. But for me, when I'm on these long haul planes, I love the feature that tells you exactly where you are. For there's this tiny little feature that gives you this little map that tells you exactly how far you have been flying what is taking place exactly outside of the airplane window at that very moment, how fast you are going, how far you have to go, and how high up in the air you are, and even how long it is until you reach your destination. And so it's great. 
Because as you are sitting in the plane, even though you're going 500 and something miles an hour, it feels just like you're sitting there. But when you watch yourself on the little screen, you can see how far you've come. Crossing mountains, rivers, cities, valleys, you can see your exact path and the trail where the plane has been taking you. Because even though you're just sitting there and you're in the midst of that flight, you may not notice where you have been and you may not remember what is going on around you. How often is it like that in our lives of faith? How often do we get so busy that we don't take the time to notice all that God is doing in our midst? How often do we get stuck in a rut and we feel like we're stuck doing the same things over and over and nothing new is happening? And even how many times does it feel like God is missing and God is not moving? Like we're stuck on Good Friday and all we see is wreckage and shards and brokenness all around us. For when you're in the middle of life going 500 miles per hour, it is hard to stop and notice. It is hard to stop and notice where God has been, where Christ has shown up to love us and bless us and redeem us. You see, this is the good news of Easter, that in the risen Christ, there is no wreckage, no brokenness, no hurt that God can't redeem. There is no cause that is so lost that God can't breathe new life into. Because God can overcome even a cross and make the tomb empty in Jesus. And if this is so, just imagine what he can do and what he is doing in our lives. Don't we remember all those times when we felt like we were walking alone, but looking back upon the path, it turns out that God was carrying us the whole way. Don't we remember how Jesus loved everyone around him and made room for those who did not fit in? How Jesus loves and shapes us into the kind of people that God needs us to be. Don't we remember? Have we forgotten where God has been in our life? Not just now, but in the generations that came before us. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we are too busy and tired and stressed, focused and anxious to notice. But here today, the angels come to the women and the angels speak to us. They say he is not here. Christ is risen and the tomb is empty and he is here for us and in our midst today. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message of hope from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, here in Burlington, Iowa. We are located at 1221 Park Avenue on the south side of town, in between the airport and Dankwart Park. 
If you're looking for a church home or looking to find a relationship with Jesus Christ for the first time, we hope that you will join us for worship this Sunday morning. We have two services every week. Our traditional service is at 8.45 a.m. and features old-time favorite hymns and a wonderful anthem by our chancel choir. Our contemporary service is at 10.45 and features our amazing band and music that you hear from today's Christian radio. Both services offer a hope-filled and challenging message for today, activities for youth and children of all ages, and open communion for all who believe in Christ. There is no better way than to begin your week with worship, so I hope you will join us. You can find out more information by going to our website at www.burlingtondoc.org, and you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Burlington DOC. We hope you have a great week and share the love of God with someone today.